Hello, I'm Tumultuous. This is Avoiding Entropy. And we're here to talk about opinions. Well, today anyway. Um, not, not we. You're going to listen. I'm going to talk. And that's the way it's going to be. <laughs> My father told me something before he told me that I am to pretend that he is no longer alive. <laughs> he told me that if I don't find a wife or get married in the next six months that I would be doomed to spend the rest of my life alone and perhaps become a homosexual and just be in misery. Now, I don't know if you know a lot about me, but I have a child um, out of wedlock with a woman that I'm no longer seeing, so we're separated. We are cordial, as I've learned that word and its meaning and how to abide by it. However, be that as it may, that's where I am. And to tell you the truth, I never thought I would be a father this soon in my life. In fact, I didn't even think I would be a father at all. Who knows? But life has its little bonuses. And to tell you the truth, I wasn't the best gentleman, as it turns out, towards women when I was younger. I wasn't a womanizer for, by any means, but I had my fun. So I guess this was the universe's or God's way of saying, oh, you like women, huh? Well, here you go. And I noticed something. At the time when he told me, it kind of gave me a little bit of a feeling of anxiety. I was like, oh man, what if he's right? Because for the most part, my parents have been right on things like that. Predictions that I thought that they were completely wrong with, they turned out to be right sooner rather than later. But eventually... And here I am thinking of myself like, wow, I can't believe that I'm going to be, he might be right. I'm 36 years old, so like, you know, what am I going to do if I don't get married or find somebody to spend the rest of my life with? And he brought up my daughter and he goes, well, she's seven now. When she was going to be 12, she's going to want nothing to do with you. And I was like, wow, all these things, that, all these points that he was making were pretty on point, except for the homosexual thing. I don't know where he got that. Um, but my father's very, very um, Soviet Union, very, very old school mentality, very materialistic, very hung up on possessions. For instance, when we worked together in the restaurant industry, he would have as many new Sharpie markers as he could fit in his tiny little side jacket pockets of, um, on the arm there. To the point where if I would touch one of them, he would get mad because I, I would always be like running around looking for one because I'm just a cluster of fuck when it comes to uh, brain, you know. Markers weren't his. They were the bosses or the person that owned the restaurant. However, he, you know, valued those things. So what I came to realize is that perhaps that's something that he was afraid of for me. So he was thinking that if I didn't get married in the next six months, that I would be doomed to spend the rest of my life alone as a homosexual. And it would be terrible. Now, I, am, I don't believe, anyway, that I am anywhere near being a homosexual. I'm not attracted to men, and I never was. <laughs> I could find a, a, a person attractive, like I think Brad Pitt in Fight Club is sexy as fuck. But I wouldn't kiss the guy, you know what I mean? I just want to look like him. So that, I don't think, is a genuine fear of mine. And even if I was somehow attracted to, a, if I woke up tomorrow and I was attracted to a man, I don't think that's such a bad thing, since, you know, given especially now that it's 2020 and girls are becoming boys, boys are becoming girls, you know, horses are becoming brooms, like, it's just, it doesn't really matter, nobody gives a shit anymore, but the fact that I would be alone kind of did shake me a little bit, because 
at the end of the day, you know, a human being wants to spend his life with someone. That's the whole point. Procreate and and share your life, share your experiences, share your love, share your pillow, your bed, your meals with someone else that you could laugh it off with, somebody that has, has your back, someone that um, you could share your soul with, so to speak. But more often than not, the people that we meet are not the people that we end up with, especially now that it's becoming more hip, quote-unquote, to be in divorce and all this kind of stuff. Like I hear my my kids in school now, so I hear a lot of these families, like I'm mom's house, a dad's house, so a lot of these families are separated and they are broken. And unfortunately, I do have to hear my daughter sometimes say that she doesn't have a normal family, and that does bring a tear to my eye in the most literal sense. However, if it was the day that she became 12 years old and wanted nothing to do with me, which I doubt is going to be the case because I think we have fun together, I wouldn't really be too upset about it. She has to live her own life. She's going to be 12. It's, that's, that's the youth. That's what's going to go on. And what am I going to do with myself? I mean, this is five years from now. I'm going to be 41. What am I going to do with myself? I'm going to retire? I doubt it. I don't have that kind of money. Not now, and hopefully I will, but who knows. But the thing is, is I'm not really worried about being alone. I'm not really scared of what would happen to me if I was left alone by myself and, you know, just to do things. Because, if anything, this quarantine has shown me, and this whole COVID thing in the past six months, I guess, that I've been pretty much at my house doing things I've never done before. And um, learning things I've never learned before and understanding that I know things that I've never known before. That alone has become so interesting to me that I didn't even think about being lonely. Like, oh man, I really wish I was a girl here that I could like snuggle with on the couch. You know what? When my daughter's here, I snuggle with her on the couch. It's not in a romantic sense, obviously, but in terms of having a human being near you to share your life experience with, I have that. I have that in my daughter. I have that, you know, even by myself. Even if there was nobody there to cuddle with, I could take a body pillow and cuddle with it. It's like physical affection has never been a necessity for me. I never liked being alone, but I was very good at it because my entire life I've been thrown into circumstances where I had to adapt. And the first one being moving from Russia to America when I was seven years old, when I was my daughter's age, and having to learn a completely different language. Um, being bullied in school, moving into a pretty decent neighborhood in Queens where it wasn't a suburbia, it was nice and um, metropolitan, metropolitan-like, I guess. Um, to where there's you know, hustle and bustle going on. So I learned the hard way some things, some things I learned the easy way. However, after that, I moved to upstate New York, and not upstate, obviously, but just a little bit further away into the suburbs, where a little bit more tame and quiet. But be that as it may, I got my, well, I didn't get my ass kicked more, but I got picked on more. And because I got my ass kicked in Queens so much, I learned how to fight back, and here I, I did the ass kicking. And um, yeah, eventually I had to go to Catholic school because I kept getting kicked out. And then, you know, I moved to Jersey. So, like, everywhere, pretty much up to the year of 21, uh, my life was divided into three separate um, instances or places, locations, ad adaptations that I had to, you know, become a chameleon in terms of um, to adapt. I had to be accepted, you know. Um, from 7 to 16, I was in upstate. And then from 16, I mean, so, I'm sorry, from 7 to 16, I was in Queens. And from 16 to about 21, I was upstate. So... All those are pretty, pretty big, like, life-changing things when you have to move. So I was almost, wasn't like a military baby, but I did move around more often than I, normal people do. 
And although my mother and father were together, they were learning themselves how to be in this country, so it was a little different. So when my dad tells me that I am doomed to be alone, I don't see it as a way of doom. I see it as a, just an option. And to tell you the truth, the only reason I don't have a girlfriend, I think, anyway, is because I haven't really been like looking for one. And I never have in my life looked for a girlfriend. I never set out to go out with my friends and said, I'm going to go get a girl today. Like, today's going to be the day I'm going to go get laid or whatever. Because I know that when you do that, you, it never happens. So the way for you to do that is not expect anything. Just like going to a casino, you can't expect to be winning when you go there because you're going to lose all your money. You got to say that I'm going to spend, you know, X amount of dollars and hopefully I'll win. If not, you know, YOLO, whatever. And that's usually when you win big. And that's what I did. And every time that happened, I would somehow end up my end of a relationship. Um, the longest time I've ever been single, other than zero to know, 13 when I had my first girlfriend, was right now, this quarantine. I had a girlfriend that was beautiful and she was great and she was awesome. Although I'm not sure she was 100% honest with me about things that she did in her life. And it's not nothing to do with other men. It's just, just things that she wouldn't divulge. So I don't know how good she was. But at the same time, I treated her in a way that I shouldn't have. Just because I felt like I was at a crossroads where I could have done something different with my life in terms of that. I could have been with somebody else. And I didn't have any other perspectives in mind. Or women, rather. But... Just, I don't know, something didn't sit right with me with her. And to this day, I regret three things in terms of women. I regret treating poorly three women in my life in terms of romantic. I regret treating my mother poorly too, but I've apologized for that and she's forgiven me, thank God. There was one woman that I really, really should have held on to that really did love me, I believe. And I didn't, uh, didn't reciprocate. I feel bad about that. And her name is Louisa. She wants nothing to do with me now. Obviously, she has pregnant with a kid and she's married. Or she's about to be married and about to move to the UK or so she says. Maybe she just told me that so I could leave her alone. Which worked because I haven't spoken about her or to her since. So, that's that. Then another person that I really feel badly about is a girl named Susan. Which was my high school um, sweetheart. Um, she was a sophomore. I was a, a senior and she was pretty much my first real girlfriend over a year. So we dated, I think, for about two years. And she was great, and I should not have let her go either. Although I think that by the end of our relationship, um, she was already starting to think about other perspectives because it was the end of high school, and you know, you know how that goes. So I feel badly about that. But I hear, or I, I see on the, on the internet that she's happy as well. And the third and final person that I should not have been the way I was to was the mother of my child. And that was just a mess. So I'm obviously seeing a pattern here, and the pattern is me. I am the common denominator. I tend to do things that is not deserving of people to them when they least expect it. And there's things that have been said to me about me that I didn't ever knew before in anger from these women that were true. And of course, I didn't accept them then. But now that I think about it, they're absolutely right. But at the same time, you know, not everybody's an angel. I like to say to everyone that I'm a mirror. And that if the way you treat me is the way I'll reciprocate back, which is no way to live. You know, somebody has to have the bigger, you know, brain. Somebody has to have the higher vibration, the higher consciousness, and eventually be the better person. And if you do not like your spouse, you should just probably break up with them and not 
takes six years or two years or six months to do it because you're just you know, wasting time for both of you. And it's going to be more painful when it actually happens. Sometimes you're in circumstances that you can't avoid because um, you know, you're stuck, you're tied up in a house, finances, all that stuff. And it's just terrible. And you're living in this perpetual cycle of, of negativity with people that you don't like and you have to live with them. Like that's awful. That was one of the worst things that I think in my life was coming home to a place that I called home because that's where all my stuff was and that's where I you know, laid my head down every night, but not wanting to go there because the person that was there, I knew wouldn't be there because they would be somewhere else doing something else that I would just be upset about. And when I, by the time I started trying already, it was too late. So you know, I'm always the kind of guy that messes up, then says he's sorry, then messes up again, and then it says he's sorry, and then really messes up the third time. And then the third time, I'm actually really apologetic, and I'm ready to commit, And but it's too late. You know, say la vie, though, catch 22, huh? So, to tell you the truth, I don't know if I'm ever going to find somebody that is going to put up with the shit that I have to give out. And to tell you the truth, I don't know if I'm ever going to give the same shit out ever again, because maybe I've matured, maybe I've grown. Although the way I act and the way my friends depict me still, I don't think I have changed too much. I just know that certain things that I could have held back that I shouldn't have said that maybe would have helped me out a lot in past relationships. And that's coming from my daughter. I see as she's growing up how women think, how women act just as a, and I hate to put this in a scientific way, but as a species, like as a different entity of the human being men and women think differently in terms of their brains like men men compartmentalize everything so everything is like boxes like everything is a box for the car a box for the garage a box for the tv a box for the my time alone in the bathroom a box for my shoelaces a box for my toothbrush and women's minds are more of like a bowl of spaghetti where everything is connected so if you leave the cap of the toothpaste off we are going to get a divorce because you don't know how to drive a car i don't know to the for the life of me how that's connected but in their minds, it makes sense, and so it goes. And women, don't get it twisted, are way, way, way worse than men in terms of like psychological combat. Because men only know how to battle one way, you know? Is arms up and start swinging, especially when they get angry. And who makes you more angry than the person that you spend most of the time with and you have to vent to and take the venting from because they're doing the same thing? Women are psychological ninjas they know exactly what to say and when to say it and even though it might not seem like much at the time it builds and it builds and then finally it erupts into this volcanic explosion of what the fuck is going on here and at that point she's already sitting on the couch eating popcorn and snickering and that just makes you more angry and then you do your whole you know fists up swinging thing and it just it's a mess and i'm sure if you've ever had a fight with your spouse you could attest to that because I'm sure all human beings are somewhat similar. So what I'm trying to say is don't worry about what other people think happiness is. Don't worry about what your father or your mother says. Don't worry about what their opinion of what your life should be like. Even though you probably have most of your life and you have taken their advice or not and then been proven wrong or taken their advice and then obviously succeeded because they do know what's best for you and they are looking out hopefully for what is the best for you but sometimes their opinions get a little bit in the way of their advice so the way they feel that you should live is the way they tell you you should live and thus you take that advice to heart and now you're thinking of the same notion that they were 
My dad is afraid of being a homosexual and being alone himself. He's not afraid of me doing that. If he knew anything about me, he would know that I would never, ever end up alone. One. And two, I really, really hope he would know that I wouldn't be miserable, for the Christ's sakes. Now, well, yes, and of course, of course, I hope he knows that I'm going to be gay. But like I said, it doesn't really matter. I am comfortable enough with my sexuality to say that I'm not gay, but I can find a man attractive. That's fine. He cannot. There is no way that he would ever, ever say that. He is a homophobic. He's a racist. He is all types of, of, of pessimistic attitudes. And it's nothing other than the fact that he wants attention. Like when he makes fun of someone for being Jewish or for being Hispanic or African American, and he does this all the time, he doesn't do it because he literally hates the person. He doesn't even know anything about African Americans. Half of the line cooks that we had that we were working with were Hispanic. And I got along with all of them, and so did he. They would laugh, they would share jokes, but then on the side in Russian he would tell me how much they're Spanish and all this other things. He didn't hate them. He just wants attention. And he desperately, desperately um, cannot fathom being alone. Some people are like that on this planet. They just cannot be alone. They will stay with someone that is toxic and that is vile and that they hate much rather than being alone. And I think that's a mistake. Because I think that if you cannot be happy with yourself on, on your own, then you've got some learning to do. You've got some soul searching to do. Everyone should be content and happy about being alone. Maybe they, they should, if they want to, they can strive to be with someone, but it has to be, can't be an ultimatum. Can't be someone or, not, or, or death. Because then you'll be looking for the wrong things at the wrong times. And perhaps if I never find another person to share the rest of my life with, if I never find the woman of my dreams, or maybe I've already found her and I dumped her because she's pronounced it supposedly, like Chandler Bing said, then so be it. I will focus all my energy on what I have in front of me. I will play the cards as I am dealt them. I will try to do the best I can and be a father to my kid. I will do as much as I can to learn as much as I can, be a friend to the friends that I still have, as little as there are. And then try to spread this knowledge that I have and the mistakes that I've made onto the world so that maybe, hopefully, somebody somewhere hears them and doesn't make the same ones. Maybe I can catch a couple of people in time to not go through the same things that I'm going through now. I'm not even saying this with a frown on my face. I'm kind of saying it with a snicker and a smile because if I die tomorrow, the only thing I will regret is not being there with my kid long enough. Honestly, I don't give a shit about literally anything else. And it makes me feel happy. So just find that one thing that makes you happy that is not your spouse, or is not looking for a spouse. If it's your child, fine. If it's your cat, great. If it's painting, if it's singing, if it's swimming, whatever it is, find something. And if you don't have anything, then look for something. Like I said in the other episode, everybody needs to be. Everybody could be genius. You just have to think, and try. You can't win the lottery unless you play. So if you don't have something other than your spouse that makes you really, really happy and you feel like you could spend the rest of your life doing it. If you do, by the way, awesome. My hat is off to you. If you don't, I suggest you look for something like that and really, really embrace it. In fact, if you have a spouse now and you might be on the rocks with, 
and if you find something like that, that obviously doesn't make her upset. And if it does, then you should have a talk about why and what's up. If it's drugs and you're a raging cokehead, then yes, probably not the best thing to pick. But if you just like to go downstairs to the basement and work on woodcrafting projects and she doesn't like that, well, then you know what? Maybe you're with the wrong person. If it's not morally wrong, there's nothing wrong with it. You need space between, you know, away from each other. You need, to, you need time to miss each other. And that doesn't mean to break up and to take a break because usually that never works. If you take a break to miss each other, you never come back because you realize that you don't need each other. You need to miss each other while you're together in the same house. While you're downstairs and she's upstairs or reverse and you think about what she's doing, you've, you've, you've been working on this project for so long that you're like, wow, I wonder what, you know, what Susie's doing. And you walk upstairs and you see what she's doing and she's watching TV and she asks you how you're doing and then you look at her in a different light. You're like, wow, I love you so much. I missed you. She goes, what do you mean? I was just, I was up here. And that, that innocent, what do you mean, will just make you explode with emotion like you first met. Maybe I'll have that one day. But if I don't, just talking about it feels pretty good as it is. So, do me a favor. Have happy thinking, okay? See you soon.